We are so completely blessed to be able to be in God's presence this morning to honor Him and His Son. So thank you for being here, especially today. We were just welcome to the presence of God, to glorify Him, to honor Him, and to learn from His Word for a while this morning as we consider the topic of the self-centered life. Not really a pleasant thing to talk about, but I think necessary in the times in which we live. We live in a very self-absorbed culture, don't we? To most people, it seems like the Holy Trinity is me, myself, and I. We worship ourselves. And it's the way of the world, and it's been that way, I suppose, for a long time. In Greek mythology, there was uh, an individual known as Narcissus. He was the son of the river god Cephasus and was known for his tremendous beauty. Narcissus rejected the opportunity for true love in his life, and instead he fell in love with his own reflection in a pool of water and sat there staring at himself, not eating or drinking or caring for any other thing except himself, or rather the reflection of himself. And he died as he's pining away for himself. The person really died of self-absorption. A narcissist, in our language today, is someone who's self-centered. In modern counseling and psychology, narcissism is a personality trait. It's an identifiable personality trait. And many psychologists will say that it has three levels. One level they call a normal, healthy level. The next level is a troublesome personality disorder. And the third level is a destructive pathological behavior. Now, I'm not much for, you know, taking psychology and making a sermon out of it, and I'm not going to do that today for sure. But that uh, impression of modern psychologists of what they call narcissism is uh, pretty much what aligns with Scripture. There is such a love, a self-love, that is not bad, that in fact is positive. A degree of self-love is good. And you say, what in the world are you talking about, Steve? Well, look, the way to tell if you have this level of love is if you can have it for someone else. For Jesus said that the second greatest commandment is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So if I can't love myself, I can't love my neighbor either, right? So you love your neighbor as yourself. So there's a certain degree of uh, concern about one's own well-being, particularly as you stand before God, but also your physical well-being and other things. We all have that. And there's a level of that that we all have. And we ought to have that same level of love for somebody else. Now, if I love myself so much that I can't love others that same way, then that becomes unhealthy, doesn't it? But I need this level of love that I can share with others. And it's a, it's a level of love that is self-sacrificial. Uh, husbands are to love their wives as, as themselves, but also as Christ loved the church. And Paul says in Ephesians 5, Christ loved the church so much that He gave Himself for it. Christ sacrificed Himself for the church. So here's a level of love that a husband is to have for a wife, and really the same level that all Christians are to have for one another that we are to have for mankind generally, where we're willing to sacrifice ourselves for the well-being of others. That's very healthy. It's more than healthy. It's what we need to be like Christ. 
However, those other levels of narcissism, if you will, are certainly not healthy. Narcissistic personality disorder, and I'm going to quote this, is characterized by feelings of entitlement and superiority, arrogant and haughty behaviors, and a generalized lack of empathy and concern for others. That's from the American Psychological Dictionary. Pathological narcissism is defined this way. It manifests itself in the inability to love others, a complete lack of empathy, emptiness, boredom, unremitting search for power while making the person unavailable to others. And so those two things that psychology calls disorders or pathological behaviors, may I just say to you, are what the Bible calls sins. And so when we talk about a self-centered life today, we're talking about a sinful life. A life that cannot be lived to please God and frankly won't be lived to please yourself. And yet it is the life probably most people in the world are trying to live. I'm a little reluctant, I think, in a way, to preach about self-centeredness to a congregation of Christians. Because I don't think that, by and large, it is the besetting problem of many Christians. We have a lot of weaknesses and things that we fall into. But self-centeredness typically isn't one of them. But it can be. But this narcissistic concept that a person loves himself so much that he really doesn't love others and really is someone who's concerned only about his well-being even when in relationship with others is something that shows up once in a while. And if it's among Christians, let me just say this, and it is sometimes, it is typically hidden. It's hidden by the person. It's also hidden by people in that person's sphere for a number of reasons that I'm not going to get into, but that is the way that it is. And so this morning, think with me about the self-centered life. And let's look at the problems with it from a biblical standpoint. Let's examine ourselves as we're going through it. Let's think about, am I being self-centered? When I do this or don't do that, do I have this aspect of self-centeredness that I need to rid myself of and repent? A self-centered life is a life of self-appreciation. Self-centered people really appreciate themselves, even as Narcissus did, appreciating his own image in the mirror, so much so that that's all he could focus on. A self-centered person is, is proud and Boastful. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. The Apostle Paul says that in the last times men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers. The ESV there says they'll be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, and abusive. Well, that's what we just read the narcissist was, right? These are sins that Paul is warning us about. 
The Bible says in Psalm 36 and verse 1 that the wicked is one who flatters himself in his own eyes, so appreciates himself so much even though he's not right with God. Psalm 94 and verse 4 speaks of those that utter speech and speak insolent things and that the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. We're living in a society today where whether it's a, a, a politician or a sports, uh, an athlete or a musician or just so often people that we work with and maybe, maybe even we ourselves get boastful about what we've accomplished, we think, or about who we are in relation to others. We not only boast about things that we have accomplished, some boast about things that they plan to accomplish. You know, in Luke chapter 12, in verses 16 and following, Jesus tells the parable of um, the rich man who just had so much stuff he didn't know what to do with it. But all he could think about was himself. I've got all this stuff. I'm going to store this stuff. I'm going to tear down barns and build. I will say to my soul, so you have much goods for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and you know, be merry. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's I, 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 me, me, me. And this is what I'm going to do for me. And there are people that think that way. And that's all they think. In James chapter 4, Verses 13 through 16, James writes about people who plan for tomorrow and plan to, you know, tomorrow I've got this scheme to get rich or I'm going to go to this city and do this or that. And James says about that, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows good, does not do it to him in his sin. Good is, is not boasting, right? In that context. But the self-centered life is one of self-appreciation. For what one has done, for what one is right now, for what one is planning to do, for what one has achieved, self-appreciation. People who are fond of themselves, are confident of themselves, even at times when they know they're doing wrong, a wise man fears and departs. A wise man sees that he's doing wrong and stops it. Departs from evil. But a fool rages on and is self-confident. Proverbs 14.16 says. So this self-confidence in, in, in doing things that are not right, but you're just going to keep on keeping on because you're a great person after all. Here's what I see. I see people, and I have to guard against this myself a lot, who, this cannot be wrong. Whatever it is that I'm doing, whatever it is that somebody's thinking about doing, this cannot be wrong because I'm doing it. And you know, I'm me, right? And I can't be wrong. You ever been there? That's self-centeredness. That's self-love. Unless you can be wrong, you love yourself too much. 
what happens is we deceive ourselves. I say they. I mean we can. A person who has this issue, and we're all tempted, deceive themselves about their own qualities and accomplishments. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, Paul says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone thinks himself to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. We think we're smarter than we are. We think we know more than we do. I think that's where a lot of the conflict in our society comes from, that people think they know more than they know, and they're willing to stand and fight about it and argue over it and put others down regarding it when they don't know what they think they know. Galatians 6 and verse 3, if anyone thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. When you're not the thing that you think you are. I tell you, as was said, that a man who is all wrapped up in himself makes a really small package. We're living, uh, as my friend John Clark said one time, in a time of such knowledge, we understand, you know, how to make an atom bomb. We're so full of ourselves, we've sent people to the moon. My friend John Clark would say, we're living in a time of atomic giants and moral pygmies. We're small because we think we're big. And so we need to come back down to earth and recognize who we are in the sight of God. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. He who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus says this over and over and over again in the Gospels. Matthew 23 and verse 12 is where I'm quoting from there. The trouble with the person who is what we call a self-made man is that uh, self-made men tend to worship who they view to be their creator, who is themselves, right? So if I made myself, I don't know how many uh, braggadocious people I've heard over the years talk about being self-made people, and so they've done this and they've done that and they've done whatever, and so they're a great person because they're self-made. But nobody's self-made. Nobody is self-made. First of all, you had two parents, right? That brought you into this world. Then there's God who gave you life. Then there's everything else that has happened to you and all, the, all those who blessed your life, who've allowed you to become what you are today, if you're anything, if I'm anything. So there's no such thing as a self-made. But, you know, when you think about you are self-made, then you're a great person because you made yourself. And you're great. God has made us and we are what we are through His grace. The Apostle Paul will write in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10, by the grace of God I am what I am. And that's true of each of us. In Romans 12 and verse 3 he says, I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God is the one who's been gracious to us and given us the ability to be who we are and what we are, whatever that may be. But it's all from Him. And to Him should go the glory. If there's any glory to be had, 
the boasting that the Bible commends is not boasting of ourselves. The pride that the Bible commends is not pride in ourselves. The boasting is in the Lord. The pride is in the Lord. We think we've accomplished something. And it's all the Lord. Paul asked the question of the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. He says, what do you have that you did not receive? Do you actually have anything that wasn't in some way given to you? <laughs> and then he says, if it was given to you, then why do you boast as if you had not received it? Same, same question, right? If everything's been given to you actually, including your very life, then why, why do you boast as if you did it yourself? Yes, I understand. We make effort to accomplish. We strive to do things in our lives. We set goals and all of that is good. But it's even, even then, it's only by God's strength and help that any of that is done. We don't have anything that have, hasn't been given to us in some form or another. So this self-appreciation certainly needs to be tempered. Let's appreciate ourselves less and God more. Let's appreciate ourselves less and others more. Let's remember to be thankful in all things as the Bible instructs us to be. A self-centered life is a life of self-indulgence where I'm seeking pleasure. Self-centered people indulge themselves. And apparently, even religious people can be self-centered and self-indulgent. Proverbs, or rather Matthew chapter 23 and verse 25. Jesus, in speaking to the uh, scribes and Pharisees, He calls them hypocrites. He says, you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of extortion and self-indulgence. The Pharisees made this big show of, you know, being... Uh, religious, and they did all the little tiny things they were supposed to be doing, and then some, they even added to that. Remember what the, the Pharisee, Jesus talks about, he was praying, went to the temple to pray, he said, God, I thank you, I'm not like other men. Proud, right? Self-centered. What Jesus is telling them here in Matthew 23 is, Despite your pride, and despite your holier-than-thou attitude, what a lot of your life is, is self-indulgence. I just want to tell you what, as we, we've talked about many times from this pulpit, a big problem for Christians in our society today, in the United States of America, is we are so prosperous, and we have so much, that it's really easy to give ourselves over to self-indulgence. And that always comes from a heart that is self-centered. James chapter 5 and verse 5. James is writing to people who are supposed to be Christians. But he says about them, you've lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Self-indulgence. God uses 
a self-centered person to represent a self-centered city in Revelation chapter 18 and verse 7. I think he's talking about the city of Rome there, although some would argue that it's Jerusalem, but we can talk about that later if you want. But whichever, he says, in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow, for she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow. So John, in seeing the revelation, sees this city portrayed as a self-indulgent person, and it really describes what a self-indulgent person is like as well. Well, the self-centered life involves self-indulgence. It involves self-seeking. Where you want what you want. You're seeking things for yourself, including your religious life. So many people today, you know, I just want to tell you what. uh, We have several visitors here this morning. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I hope you're here for a good reason, that you're interested in honoring the God of heaven. Uh, I think that's probably the case. But if you come here this morning to uh, find a religion that makes you happy or suits what you already believe, you come in the wrong place. Because the religion of Jesus Christ is a religion that makes God happy, first and foremost, and will not be what you already believe. He calls us all to something different. Self-seeking. People don't obey the truth because they're going their own way, right? Paul describes it, Romans 2 2 and verse 8. These are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. And he tells that they'll be punished with indignation and wrath. They are ambitious about seeking things for themselves. And they have a win-at-all-cost attitude. Paul feared that this is how some of the Corinthians operated. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 20. Let me read this to you. He says, I fear lest when I come I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you as such as you do not wish, that there be contentions and jealousies and outbursts of wrath and selfish ambitions and backbitings and whisperings and conceits and tumults. So you see what selfish ambition does? It causes all these things that surround it in this text. The backbiting, the outbursts of wrath, the tumults. It all goes along with conceit as well. Self-centeredness. The person who's self-centered, self-seeking, has to win. Has to win every argument has to be right in what he thinks already, as we've already said. Is not going to give in. Is not going to be tolerant. Is not going to listen to the other side. In Galatians chapter 5, selfish ambitions are connected with other sins there like outbursts of wrath and dissensions and contentions and hatred. If you go in your Bible back to the book of James, notice with me in James chapter 3 and verse 13. The question James asks is, who is wise and understanding among you? Well, a lot of people think they're wise and understanding among uh, you know, the people of God sometimes. 
who is wise, who is really wise. Let him show by his good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. So meekness is the true wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. Then look at verse 16 especially. For where envy and self-seeking are, and that's what we're saying about the self-centered person, they are self-seeking. Where envy and self-seeking are, there is confusion in every evil thing. If you were in our Bible class uh, this morning, we were talking about King Saul and all he could do was seek for self. All he could think about was himself. He was self-seeking. And there was confusion in every evil deed. Including him trying to kill his own son this morning in the lesson. Perfect example of what's being described there. Of course, Christ-likeness is the opposite of that. Christ-likeness is not self-seeking. It's seeking the well-being of others. Let nothing be done, Paul will say in Philippians chapter 2, leading into the very description of Christ giving Himself. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not count it robbery, be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Another translation says he emptied himself. Here's Jesus showing us what it means to empty oneself and to sacrifice oneself. Lastly, the self-centered life is self-willed. Self-centered person is angry if they don't get their way. In Titus chapter 1 and verse 7, the qualifications of bishops or elders are given and such a person is to be not self-willed and not quick-tempered. I think those things tend to go together. Somebody that's self-willed is also typically quick-tempered. Such a person may stubbornly follow religious error. As we said earlier, what they're believing and what they're teaching and practicing is right because it's got to be right because they're always right. But the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Proverbs 12 and verse 15. He who heeds counsel is actually the one who is wise. He who listens to somebody else. There are those that are described by Paul in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 23. They have the appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion. That is, they're doing what they want to do religiously. Maybe they have a false humility. Maybe they neglect their body. Those things are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. So they're doing things that are showy, but it's really just what they want to do. The only cure for the self-centered life is a self-sacrifice life. As we said a moment ago, Christ emptied Himself. We're to have this mind in us which He had in Him. He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and took the form of a servant and came in likeness as a man. We must deny ourselves. Jesus says, Matthew 16, verse 24, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus says, lose your life if you want to find your life. He says, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Self-denial, not self-centeredness, is the way to follow Christ. It's the only way to follow Christ. You can't follow Him. He says, this is the first thing. If any man would come after me, first thing, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. God sends no one away empty except those who are already full of themselves. And so to the narcissist this morning, we have this one hopeful message. You know, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who was on par with God in heaven himself, If he can empty himself, so can you. And that's what he's calling us to do. To empty ourselves. We live in a time when many are dying spiritually of self-absorption. Like Narcissus. Self-centered life is a life of self-appreciation and self-indulgence and self-will. Ultimately, it's a life that leads to self-destruction. But it can only be cured by self-sacrifice. If you're ready to give yourself to Jesus, to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Him, name His name, repent of your sins, and be baptized in water for the remission of your sins. If you've not done that, we'd ask you to come while we stand and while we sing.